We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you found $100 in the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money, so why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with MyBookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back, guys. It is Hard Reads. I am TK Breezy, and we have Austin, of course, our special guest, D1. How you doing, D1? What's up, man? Thank you for having me, dog. Yeah, no problem, guys. Uh, how are you doing, Austin? I'm doing good, man. I, I had a had a good trip back home. How about you? Uh, I mean, the drive was cool. I actually left Glitch right after, like, Top 8 was done. It's like a the introvert side of things allows me to just, like, chill out and for, like, a five-hour drive back home and, like, listen to a bunch of music I want to. So it's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of, uh, as the guy said, we have a special guest you want to hear. So we have some topics geared toward him. But as first, uh, if you guys did not see the graphic, our topics today will be about Glitch. Uh, also, main stage was happening next week. PGR tiers, which basically wrapped up in the glitch, and then of course, also from glitch, uh, pop off culture. So, I mean, some crazy amount of pop offs there. A bunch of tweets about pop offs and things like that. But we'll get into that a little later. First up, obviously, is glitch, and East Sam wins. East Sam wins for the uh, for the home team, and the home team being us brawl boys or melee boys or old heads. Because I mean, all these new kids come in during uh, Smash Four or whatever, think they all nice. Nah, man, we got brawl legend. And also still a pretty good melee player, Esam, taking this uh, ultimate win. And uh, so what do you guys feel about that? 
honestly, I, I myself am really happy just to see East Ham finally be able to get that big win. You could tell it meant a lot to him, too, with the way he emoted on stage, right? Um, he plays a character that a lot of people don't play, um, which is almost similar to seeing, like, what Elegant has to go through when he plays Luigi, right? So to be the best representative of your character, that's a, it's a really tough challenge to have. Even though it's great to be the best player of that character, you don't have many inspirations to go off of. But Sam, um, it, uh, one thing that's great about him is that he's the type of person that if he sees other people do things that he should probably add to his repertoire, he will add it. So, um, you know, like, even if a person may not be the best representative, it's always good to try to pick up from your other peers. But you, obviously, he is the best Pikachu. So, again, it can be tough for him to procure great results. And I'm proud of him to be able to, like, take it all the way, you know, with a character that some people theorize could be one of the best characters in the game. And with that, you know, with, it, with the results that you saw from him this past weekend, I think it's not out of the question that Pikachu can be among the top five or at least the top 10 if you don't agree with top five. I mean, that's actually what ESAM thinks sometimes. Like, you know, like ESAM's the one that always pushes Pikachu as being like top three, top five, whatever. So he's very stubborn in that regard. So he doesn't see himself as like playing a lesser tier or a lesser character. He actually sees himself as playing like one of the best. And honestly, his win was a long time coming, bro. Like he finally, finally got it after all. Like, did he even win anything in Smash 4? Like, like a big, a big tournament, like a big major? I mean, I think he's, he's won like combo breaker, but like, uh, you know, those, yeah. really, those are kind of small on scale. I think, I mean, he's probably won something else. I just can't think of it, but I know that as far as like w what I know that he's won, I know he's won at least one combo breaker. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess it has been a long time coming uh, for East Sam. He's always been in the top player, gets to a decent amount of top eights. Uh, and, and he's always been the one to rep his character to the level that most people are like, oh, I got to learn from this guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like, I was kind of surprised because to a lot of a lot of people were mostly talking about Nairo actually taking this tournament. I feel like not a lot of people were, were bringing up the fact that Esam had also had a chance to win this tournament. This was a this was a tournament for Nairo to win. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know what happened, but the Buzz went Super Saiyan mode and losers, and uh, didn't want to hear any of that. So you know, good stuff to the Buzz. But uh, yeah, I just I really like looking at the bracket. I was for sure that it was going to be a Nairo win, and and Esam surprised me. With the come from, well, I don't want to say come from behind win, just more so like a wild card win, if anything. Like, I just wasn't really thinking too much about uh, Esam's bracket or anything like that. But yeah, he had uh, he had the key to victory right there. And it was just his, his solid gameplay. Yeah. And I, I think if you look at even just the players that he was able to take out, right? Like, you know, in pools, he played like Burnt Socks, which is not actually a pretty good player. He went 2 1 versus Burnt Socks. Like, that was his first battle. Um, Yo, honestly, I was watching that one too, and Burn Socks actually had the win if he up smashed out of shield instead of down smash. He dropped shield, down smash the dash attack, and instead of uh, up smashing out of shield, and he would have won the set. And because of that, Esam got another chance at life, and he took that and won. So yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was it was a tight battle. It was a tight battle. Like literally, I feel like everyone like had that too. Like look at Nairo versus Esam and winners. Uh, that was close. Went to game five, I believe. So like. It, mm -hmm. Go, no, go ahead. Funny, I was gonna say, funny enough, Nairo versus Esam. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't there a situation too where I don't know? I, I, I don't think it was Nairo versus Esam, but maybe it was it was Tweak versus Esam, where there was a dash attack on Lilac and it didn't get punished out. Of, oh, it was Tweak. It was Tweak. Apologies. It was Tweak. He could have punished out of shield on a dash attack, and he didn't get it. 
last always hate to see that happen, man. Like, so yeah, I'm talking about DeBuzz for a bit. That dude literally, like, he he was in a terrible mindset that entire day. Like, he was just not feeling good. He, he changed his Twitter name to bad at bad. Like, he just wasn't. And then and then he gets third. So, like, what the hell? I mean, sometimes that that anti motivation works. That was uh that was that was what Salem said when he won Evo. He was like, "Yes, I just go in every match thinking I'm gonna lose." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> so unhealthy." Yeah, bro. And then you win the whole thing. So yeah, that was very interesting. I mean, it's a very interesting mindset to have, but it definitely works out for some people. Hmm. And it seems that it's as though it definitely worked out for uh for East and not East Ham for the Buzz to get all the way to third at least. Yeah, yeah, dude. And it, and it, and if you just look at the rest of his uh, East Ham's war path, right? Like, um, we I didn't even mention like the other people he beat in pools, like Ninja beating a Fairfox and Malcolm. But going into bracket, beating Leon 3-0, a player who a lot of cats have been getting blown up by, honestly, um, with his like sick Bowser. But um, East Ham was able to 3-0 him. Then he uh, 2-0 Suarez uh, uh, before that. Um, well, actually in the pool, yeah, the same pool. And he also managed to um, get a 3-1 on light and win the semifinals. And before that, beating Tweak 3-1, 3-1 on light and Tweak. And then the Nairo, the Nairo battle was actually pretty close. Just these big PGR wins, dude. That's what also made ESM really happy. Regardless of, you know, the controversy that happened where it was like, what is it, Stroder dropped or something, guys? And yeah. uh, there were other people, I guess, that were I, um, that I think, didn't show up. I think Elegant dropped it as well. Okay, so elegant and Schroeder drop, which made it go from S tier to A tier. But, yeah, yeah. But regardless, I, I he's very know. happy. Yeah, bro. I don't. I'm. That's an S tier to me, bro. I don't like. I don't think that's fair for people to be able to sign up and do something like that. And just kind of drop out, especially. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into it. Wherever. I just think that is unfair for uh for your like prize to be stripped away just like that, just because two people decided. Well. Elegant has good reason. Elegant definitely has good reason. But, yeah. uh, you know, if for any other situation where someone signs up or whatever, unless it was like a mass exodus of top players, unless it was like all top eight seeds decided, you know what, I'm not going. All right, we can talk about it. But I think that, you know, Schroeder and Elegant, I mean, they, they definitely hold their, uh, a lot of weight for a tournament, but I don't think it should have held that much weight to the point where now Esam is robbed of saying he won an S tier. At least call it S minus tier. I don't know. Call it something. Like, it's just unfair for it to go from S and A because, he, yeah, he still won an amazing tournament. But when you go back in history, like, people are going to be talking about the fact that it was A tier or instead of S tier, or they're not going to look at it as quickly because it wasn't an S tier when it originally was an S tier. So, big well, round. That was one of the arguments that um the PGR stats guys came up with is that, like, it's not worth that much less point-wise. Like, a point value, it's still worth, like... Oh, it was just inches away from being an S tier worth of points, so it's still worth a lot. It's like the higher epi, ep, um, you know, higher tier of A. But the problem is, like, it, it's not about that. It, it, it's about the prestige of S tier. Now, for the rest of ECM's career, until he wins an S tier, he'll be known as winning an A tier. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully he gets another S tier, and then he can like you know shush all the naysayers. Not to say yeah. that I feel like everyone was basically on his side, and I don't think anyone was like, "Hi, hi, you want an A tier instead of S?" But yeah, most people were on his side, so good step to him. Uh, again, yeah, major props to Esam for making it happen with Pikachu. Only real p big Pikachu is doing it like that. I mean, there's obviously uh, good Pikachu players out there, but as far as like the top, the top, top, it's always going to be Esam. So.
There are countless ways to keep on what's happening in the world of sports, but how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day? Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. Now coming to the stage, Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Each morning, you'll see the best stories from around the sports world from the NBA and NFL to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Sports.axios.com Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Read it in five minutes in an elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and co-workers. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. There's a free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself and your time a favor. Sign up for the Axios Sports Newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. Seriously, I, I subscribe to it. It makes me feel more informed without spending time clicking through websites, apps, and social media platforms. Again, try for free at sports.axios.com. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and look forward to main stage. Which has some more some of the people that are missing from Lich actually showing up. That uh, people being MK Leo will be back, and also as well as Mars. So the top uh, eight seeds. Actually, let's do top sixteen. I always like to do top sixteen. Uh, top sixteen seeds. Where is it projected? All right, we got MK Leo, the Buzz, Mars Blutney, Samsora Light, Tweak and Nairo, Nico, Zach Ray. Okay, Salem and Rido. Uh, Schroeder and T, and then Void and Meister are the top 16. This is the top 16 projected bracket uh, right now. So uh, the from the winner side of things, though, if we're talking about the top uh, from the winner side, it's going to be MKLA versus DeBuzz, Mars versus Lutney, Samsor versus, Samsor versus Light, and then Tweet versus Nairo. But on the loser side of things, you have Nico versus Zach Ray, Salem versus Rido, uh, Schroeder versus T, and Void versus Meister. So uh definitely a very interesting top eight i will say that i didn't know this many japanese players are showing up actually the main stage um and i'm very interested to see who they're playing this time around especially for uh zachary i feel like every time he comes here he ends up being able to pick up another character and make it look good you know like we saw his rob at uh super smash con and i think he's been playing rob a little bit before then obviously in japan but like uh if we're talking about coming to america to show off your character that's what i'm talking about and he came to america showed off that rob almost got it to almost beat mk leo with it that would have been crazy um and then yeah so uh, right probably still gonna be with that duck hunt action i think t will still be with the pac-man but yeah man it's just it's nice to see these uh you know some of these lesser known characters i guess or lesser represented characters getting big rep from uh, japan yeah dude i heard that zach ray actually has been even dabbling a lot with joker so mm. it would it would be crazy to see him <laughs> bust out the joker at this event it's uh, uh yeah, yeah but as far as this event is concerned it's definitely a first for the guys at bts their first ever major, and we've already seen them uh, at, at there was a Red Bull event that uh, transpired for Melee in the past that had a roast of like Hugo, and now we actually get a chance to see a roast of somebody that a lot of people know, um, no matter what part of the Smash scene you're from, you know, Bobby Scar. So uh, besides that, though, of course, on the ultimate side of things, like you said, you know, um, the it's really interesting. To, it's fun to see the Elite Four back at it again, right? Like Glitch, we had, um, we had like no MKLeo, no Mars, but we definitely had uh, we had Samsor and Tweak in attendance, right? And yet neither of those players did win, even though Samsor was able to win at all at SmashCon when all those players were in attendance. So, it, it, you know, it, I think what I like most about Ultimate is 
how hard it is for these players to be able to like keep bring uh, keep uh, procuring the same results, you know, um, even if the game doesn't have the crazy rage that we had to deal with in Smash Four. Like Smash Four was, uh, people were upset, right? Like it was really hard for them to be consistent. And this one, it's not even about rage. It's just more people are still getting used to the game. There's so many characters to learn, and of course, like the mechanics can make it tough for people to deal with. Like we saw Paradin kind of going off about how. She hates spot dodge canceling. And an ESAM, you know, he goes and retorts. I played Melee, where they had characters that would have spot dodges that would last 22 frames. So, um, you know, it, it, you're essentially like when a person spot dodge cancels, it's almost as if they're ending their spot dodge around the same frames as a character whose spot dodge ends really quickly in Melee. So to him, it wasn't a big issue. But yeah, either or, um, the year's about to wrap up for Smash. So, you know, we don't have as many events left um, for, for, the, for the balance of the year. So I'm excited um, to see who's going to take it. I was going to ask you guys if you don't mind me asking, like, who's your pick? Oh, well, yeah, we, do, we usually do that. Uh, uh, but I always pick my son, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, he, if I see him in a bracket, I'm just going to pick him anyway. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, good stuff. I, ho I hope Sam Story actually pops up. He's getting in top eight, so at the very least... Uh, he's very consistent in getting in the top eight. So it just depends on where he's going to get into the mm. top eight. So, mm -hmm. will this be the um, tournament that Narrow takes? And we ask that every single uh, week. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, don't I want. I mean, I always want it to be, but I don't think so this time mm -hmm. around. I feel like the the competition is a little stiff for him this time around. Where I felt like, I mean, even though, uh, you know, the competition was still stiff at Glitch, it was competition that he could have overcome. Uh, you know like in his bracket. I think he can still overcome his other his competitors in the other um in this current bracket that he has in main stage. I just think that it's gonna be a lot more brain power and a lot more uh resilience that he's gonna to need to go over. Especially with if, if you have to fight MKLeo at any point in time in this bracket. Like I just it's never over until it's over with MKLeo. Yeah. I, I think that um with uh Naro having a slight shot is because him and Mars are on the opposite sides of the bracket. It's like the first time it's ever happened. They always fight each other like winners quarters or winners semis. Like they're always on the same side. Yeah. So maybe that'll be the boost he needs, but we'll see. It all it all depends on what comes down to it, you know. I wanted to hop. I just wanted to explain that glitch. Uh, that was a, a straight up ultimate tournament. Uh, main stage will actually have melee as well. I, don't, I feel like I don't, that has almost not even been talked about. <laughs> but uh, just just a quick look into the melee bracket. You have uh for the top eight. You have uh, Hbox, Leffen, Zane, Axe, Mango, IBDW, who's uh, the most improved player from SmashCon, and uh, STJ and Namsa will be the top eight uh, seeds. So, mm -hmm. should be some good melee action there if you're into that. Uh, Leffen's going to be playing. Uh, could potentially get another Leffen HBox Grand Finals. Could also get Zayn up in Grand Finals as well. Could also get Axe to win. Uh, I mean, he won his first uh, big event with uh, the Summit. Let's see if he can actually, you know, win a big tournament here uh, and make it happen as well, or it could get the return of Mango. So a lot of uh, situations can happen in Melee, but just want to take a quick dive into that and say that uh, it's going to be uh, pretty cool to see, to watch some of that Melee action as well as yeah. it grows. So. Did it, didn't Mewtwo King say he's coming out of retirement, like, for Melee? Like, he's actually attending a Melee tournament? Yeah, I guess, but then he also said, don't, you know, don't expect anything, because yeah. it's trash now, so. Yeah. That's the mentality <laughs> to win. That's what he said, so. I'm, I didn't say it, he said it, okay, so. Yeah, but anyway... Uh, yeah, moving on, man. Uh, Main stage should be a good tournament. It's going to be this weekend. I'll be there. EE uh, e. and me will be doing top eight uh, for as far as commentary goes. I think I have a block with Bam, so that's pretty cool. So, yeah, man, uh, 
definitely uh, check out Main Stage BTS, the first big major event that's not like the summit or something like that. Uh, they also, you know, they helped out with Full Bloom as well, but this is like BTS owned and, and ran and thing like that, like built from the ground up BTS. Mm-hmm. Also, I think I'll give a, a bit of a quit a, a really big shout out to uh, Main Stage because. For a long time, I thought that tournament was going to flop because it was it had like 10 entrants for like ever. And I was like, oh, no. And then I guess it just kind of blew up. So good stuff to main stage for blowing up and getting more entrants uh, in time to not look like, you know, it's about to be one of those shams. No sham. That's, that's the Smasher Classic, dog. Sign up for last second. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, as a person who used to work with the Apex team, like they would, you know, the, the teals would always freak out because it's like, oh, my God, we're not going to fill up the hotel blocks people aren't going to sign up and in the last second smashers the week of yo yo could you extend the deadline let me in and it's every it's time crazy bro every time oh. but you know i was going to ask something um just to okay. be clear as far as like the second season is concerned is SmashCon the first event of the second season for the pgru uh, no it was low tier city i think I'm pretty sure it was Low Tier City. Low Tier City, okay, okay. Yeah. So Naira didn't attend that one because I was just looking through Naira's placements and, mm-hmm. I, you know, with Ostia talking about um, would this be Naira's event, I, uh, what I was going to ask you guys is do you think it can be because of him having fifth at SmashCon, third at Shine, fourth at Glitch? He's getting close, you know? Yeah, he's getting close. He's definitely close. He keeps getting top eight. I think, yeah. I think every event, honestly, can be a Naira event. It's just, you know, when he gets to that top eight, man, it's... That's when the competition gets real thick, you know, gets real yeah, stiff. And yeah. sometimes he just, I think now that he's starting to like delve into actually playing his secondaries more, that's even, that's helping his spread as well. I mean, like we saw at Shine, he used his, his uh, Robin to go over Leon's Bowser. Like that was, that was crazy. And his Robin, it wasn't like a close game either. I mean, I think it was 3-1, but like those Robin games that he won were like very, very much into his uh, favor. So Good stuff to Nairo. I like the fact that we're seeing more of his secondaries. I would like the Lucina to come back at some point in time. I haven't seen the Lucina in a while. I, th- I think Lucina's still a very... Did she play Lucina? Uh, uh, oh, the, six. Oh, sorry. That was six, last, six, last six, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, that was so hype. I got. I went yeah. crazy when he went Lucina against. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was so sick. But, you know, even... I think one of the things that he's going to have to focus on are just some of his demons. When you look at, like, a lot of the events he attended, there was a common theme of him losing to Mars, right? until he finally was able to actually, like, beat Mars uh, recently in a set after getting, a, like, a long streak of back-to-back consistent losses. And then after, and now the moment, uh, and also, like, for SmashCon and Shine, he lost to not only Mars, but MK Leo uh, back-to-back for those events. So it's crazy how an event where they're both not there, you know, going back to what Austin said, this is the Nairo event, he loses to Isam and Debuzz, so... Yeah, it's uh, he definitely has a a lot of work uh, cut out for him. But um, every time that Nairo beats him too, like it, he always loses to him. Like whether it's in winners or losers, so like they they trade sets a lot. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at Shine, he got sent to losers by Mars, but then ended up winning in, in losers. Yeah. So you know, it, 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 that's tough. The double yeah. jeopardy nonsense. Yeah. So I'm. We have. Um, I guess we can move on to our next topic, which is the next bigger topic. Was was the PGR tiers? So I feel like we kind of like wrapped that up already within the glitch talk. But just do you think there's any type of system that they could implement to like kind of like fix little discrepancies like uh, what happened with glitch? Do you think there's anything we can do, or is it just it's just bound to happen at some point in time? You got to roll with the punches. I think it's tough to fix uh, from like the community standpoint, or like try to like look at it when we don't really know the formula. I get why Panda Global hides it so people don't you know try to scum the rankings, 
yeah. and they don't try to like you know do dodge tournaments or whatever but the fact that we don't really know how the rankings work it's hard to like come up with a solution yeah i think it's kind of interesting too because i feel like the pgr really does determine what tournaments will be successful or not uh now because you know if if there's a if there's a projected pgr tournament it's only going to be projected to be like a b tier you know a lot of people won't show up because like all right whatever don't need the points cool whatever but when it's projected to be an S tier or whatever, even though some of these tournaments are also popping off because of legacy, obviously, you know, Genesis, even without the PGR was popping, uh, Evo, even without the PGR would be popping, but just it, I, I think it can be a little hard as a TL who wants to possibly start up another tournament and then realize like you don't really have the reach or the claim to make your tournament uh, a huge factor for the PGR. And then therefore you won't be able to get these top players out here to, you know, endorse your tournament and things like that. And, and it can be a little rough. But that's also just growing pains as well, so. If, I don't know. I, I guess the one thing that always felt weird to me is if you already have an event that is locked in as an X tier and people drop out when they were already in the bracket, like, I know how some people were upset at the fact that they committed to the event because it's an S tier, but would the event actually be... Like, would they actually feel good in an event still being regarded as an S tier when what made it an S tier is not present anymore? Like, uh, it's it's just an interesting question, right? Yeah. Um, I guess at the end of the day, if they committed, spent money, and decided to go out because the event hit S tier status, it should be locked in. And maybe, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to penalize players that don't attend, or maybe there should be something that, like, that, that, that gets changed with, uh, Kind of global system when it comes to ranking ranking events i remember yeah. when uh blur i was talking with blur like a while ago and he brought up how it'd be cool if pgr could assign tournaments rankings like months in advance and just lock it in immediately because then people know hey you know evo is going to be an s tier smash con is going to be an s tier glitch will be an a tier or an s tier like they, they announce it well in advance so people can plan to go there because i know nairo's had his gripes with um not being informed because i know he wanted to go to uh he wanted to go to low tier city and he wanted to go to the uh, invitational that was at thunder smash 2 that was a c tier and he didn't know they were going to be pgr or else he would have gone yeah. so i i just think that just needs to be more transparency i i, I love like sworn all the pgr guys like they're doing a lot of good like god's work for smash and they get a lot of hate that they, it's kind of undeserved for doing what they're doing you know but the, I, I think people just want transparency. I think that's all it comes down to. Dan says he feels like that requires a PGR endorsement. And I feel that. I feel like, but mm -hmm. I feel like where, where how important PGR is to the Smash scene now that they should, you know, look into endorsing more tournaments like that. You know, like it should be like, hey, man, you know, this is going to be uh, a high flying tournament because we have these many players. It's already guaranteed an S tier, you know, something like that. But usually we don't really find out about the tier until like, I don't know, a couple of days for the tournament or something like that. And then, Unfortunately for ESAM, we found out that the tier moved during the tournament. And it was like right at the end too, which is like, oh man, that's rough. But Bro, it was funny because like on the mic, we were saying stuff like, yeah, this is an S tier tournament. S tier tournament like days one on um, yeah. day one and then day two. Oh, oh shoot. You know, so. So speaking of, you know, now we're still talking about the same tournament. I mean, Glitch really brought a lot of uh, talking points. Uh, Pop-offs. Uh, well, there was a, quite a bit of talk about pop-offs just in general. Uh, some of them... Uh, some of them were like really wild. Some of them were salty tweets about them. We I know we had a tweet from the buzz that was like, "How come every time uh, people, you know, beat me, they basically go super saiyan on me or whatever?" And he was talking about light, who I think 
Light, Light put him out the tournament, right? He got, yeah, he put him out the tournament. So when he beat him mm-hmm. the second time, uh, he didn't really pop off that hard, which is kind of interesting because I thought he was going to pop off even harder. It seemed like something Light would do. Uh, Etham's pop off over Light for winners finals was uh, <laughs> he was possessed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we didn't know what to say on commentary to be honest. I just like I wasn't <laughs> expecting him to go that hard. Like he just out of nowhere. So he eventually came to my stream and he was basically just saying that he was like, "I'm God like I made it into uh, grand finals at one of the you know highest tournaments." Uh, to date, or one of the top tournaments to date, or something like that. And he was like, "I'm got like, I'm got like, peaks busted." And that's what he was yelling. But it looked like from the camera, it looked like he was literally yelling at someone in the crowd. And I thought maybe someone was heckling him the entire time. And then he won, so he popped off on that person. And I was like, "Damn, if that's the, if that's if that's what we're doing out here, that's crazy." But I don't um, I don't have an issue with pop offs as long as they don't get like, you know, as long as we're not getting physical. You know what I'm saying as long as we're not like you know getting super physical. I mean, that, and that has its place too. I mean, if you, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the uh, in the day, Wolfram had to play against K. Brad, and that was like a legendary pop off. But K. Brad didn't like punch him or anything. He just he like got into his face, and then Wolfram was trying to take his headset off, so he took his headset off from him, and got him back into his face. Like that's a that's a quality. Like we have history, we have beef pop off. But if I don't know you like that, we don't have history, we don't have beef. Like I'm not, I don't know about that, bro. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that, man. That's a it's a little much. I don't know. I feel. Go ahead, anyone. No, I was just gonna say when it comes to uh, pop-offs, I understand where people are coming from, right? They um, when you're fighting against somebody who's like so difficult in a match, right? Like you probably might have had a mental block against that player. Maybe he's a demon that beats you every single time, and you finally get a chance to beat him. You know, it, it, it's crazy that the adrenaline rush that you get once you fight, once you finally realize, wow, I won. You know, this is it. I finally overcame the demon. This is insane, you know? Like, I, I don't know, dude. It's like, I think it's like one of the best feelings in the world. You get such a crazy high from being able to beat somebody who's like really, really difficult. So um, I feel like for people from the outside looking in, you know, because I talk to people from, well, we all do actually, talk to people from outside of the Smash scene, uh, quite a bit, and recently I've had conversations with people from other esports um, scenes that are put off by people that pop off. They go, they think it's a bit much. They think it's not sportsmanlike. They're they're like, once you win, you you get you know you should be respectful, not damage the equipment, stuff like that. Which I agree with. Don't damage the equipment, right? Don't take the chair. Don't keep slamming it into the stage. Don't break the headset. Things like that. You know, calm calm down. But like, if you if you're excited and you want to just cheer, say yes at the top of your lungs, whatever, jump, okay, that's cool, you know, do a little victory lap, but don't try to destroy anything, which sometimes I've seen people doing. That's, you know, I feel like once you start doing that, other people may feel like it's okay for them to do it. Now they have the green light to want to go and, I don't know, pick up a TV and toss it because they won, you know, things like that. So uh, I think pop-ups are cool (laughs) as long as you're not destroying the venue, destroying the equipment, and it's just you emoting, you know, you're really excited, you cheer, you jump, you know, maybe uh, like you, you you do something that isn't gonna like destroy anybody or hurt anybody, right? You have to also be careful for that too. I think it's interesting that we bring up respect in a pop-off because I know that uh, people pop off on, on me all the time and friendly. I could be playing, I could be playing my like third dairy character I'm fucking tertiary character, you know. I'm like, oh, I just want to try banjo out today. They'll win. They'll be popping off on me and shit. But there's no respect there. But let me pop off. 
on in a friendly. Let me pop off in a friendly. Like, wow, man, TK Breezy is such a dick. We were playing friendlies, and he spiked me, and he popped off. There's no respect in, in front in pop offs, man. I think it's like there's respect. I feel like there's respect when you're at, at a top level and it's in the top eight. But any other time, you don't need to be popping off anywhere else, bro. You, you don't I, need to be popping off literally anywhere else, bro. I agreed. I it, it, I think the only reason it's controversial is because of DeBuzz's tweet though because literally DeBuzz has popped off on like every week and I get understand yeah, he, pop that. Off, he pops off too though even though yeah, he pop, does. pop offs aren't that good like he still pop, pops off too like I don't I think it's interesting that you can't complain if you're also doing it that's all I'm saying yeah no I agree it, it's just like it, I think that it all spurred because of that because like wow DeBuzz has been popped off on so much in the past few weeks but it's fine like at, at high levels like you said I see it as respect that you pop off it's like man they overcame someone they thought you were really high level so they got the win you know i yeah. i get that pop off though because i i've in the early stages of smash 4 uh i had to play against um Denobro, and he was basically just trying to camp me out with duck hunt and so i won with like 10 seconds left and uh i popped off on him because it's not about like because you're a better player than me it's because you wanted to make the game frustrating and it didn't work so therefore i win i'm gonna pop <laughs> off that's almost the same way that uh it works with with uh with uh, the bus like he plays a very defensive play style and even though like if you were a person that plays a defensive play style or you're a person that plays Olimar or Rosalina you like to you want to learn like that's good that's good footage to watch I mean the buzz is actually he's a really good player and he understands how to make this game uh work for him however if you're playing against it and you have to play through that the entire time and you're an aggressive player and you have to somehow like now slow yourself down to play at his level and you beat him at his game or you beat him uh on his turf basically then I understand why you pop off like, I definitely understand why you get uh, why you pop off there. So, yeah, there's, there's just an adrenaline rush about overcoming something that you just hated. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, like the, the the main thing I the main thing I'm focusing on is at least respecting the actual venue, right? Like not destroying not destroying anything around you. Um, as far as the pop off is concerned, like if you're on the receiving end, we've been part of a scene where people are mad that a lot of people were trying to esportsify it so if people want to still keep the scene authentic complaining about pop-offs will only uh cause to make things more like homogenized right like it'll just reach the point where everything's super dry um you'll do your match you get up you shake the person's hand and then you just walk off stage um i i for one am a fan of seeing people still get excited whenever they get a big win because, I mean, even the people in the crowd, they get a rush off of that, right? Like, that's what separates Smash and fighting games from the rest of esports. Like, a lot of these guys, they have a personality, and they can be as, you know, they, they can emote as much as they want as long as nobody's hurt in the process or anything, you know, anything that isn't theirs isn't hurt either. Yeah. 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 I'm paying pop-offs to here to stay, bro. I just... Yeah. Uh, the, 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 what kind of rule could you even make against that? Uh, you popped off. That's a one-game penalty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine, like, oh man. All right. Well, it looks like uh, you actually lost the set now, or we're now tied up three-three because you wanted to pop off in a game-five situation. The degree of the pop-off play a four to seven. So, yeah, I just yeah. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's here to say. Obviously, I don't think you need to pop off on every opponent, but I understand where pop-offs come from, especially if it's in Game 5, a high-pressure, high-intense situation where any any hit is going to be the end. If you get the last hit you're or you're overfilled with joy, you're probably going to hop out your seat. I get it, you know? Yeah. And honestly, audiences at home and us, well, like, we'll, odds are we'll never be able to experience what they do. You know, 
winning a tournament and with so much competition, like the people always say that it's like an unexplainable rush and like, we'll never know what that's like. And, you know, so like, I get it when like it, they, they just can't help themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there it is. I, I also, I mean, I just, I want to give a quick shout out to buzz. He's like actually been able to rally, uh, people on his side. He's like, you know, he's always talking about how, like basically, oh, everyone's you know always against him, whatever, whatever. And like that's true. I mean, it is gameplay style that people don't really uh, enjoy, and that's okay. Like, I mean, as a commentator, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault him for it. Like, I get what you, you're trying, you're playing to win. You know what I'm saying? So it works out for you. However, the buzz also has had a long time. We talked about this on the last show. The buzz has gone through a lot just to play this game, just because he wants to play defensively. Like he has everyone's always, you know, coming at his neck or saying rude stuff to him like in it's been in person it's been on twitter he's he said he's got death threats before all that stuff's not cool and i'm glad that like he's starting to shift favor uh and at least get somewhat of a little bit of a fan base that rocks with him and appreciates you know what he says and what he does and, and all that good stuff so, yeah and how he plays real rap if a person is really good and they get popped off on i think that's respect for the player but if the if the player is like He's not even all of that, whatever. And you actually are a jerk and you're out here like popping off. Like, you know, like, like let's say in my case, what if I retired from a particular game for years, right? Maybe even a decade plus, And then I decide to just randomly want to enter. But because of the fact that I'm a name, if the person plays me in a tournament, all of a sudden they get really excited and pop off. Similar to what you mentioned, even to TK, right? Where you, you just randomly decide to play like Banjo and a person goes nuts in a friendly, it's like, all right, man, like, it's not even that serious, you know? So there's definitely a, uh, times and places where it's actually, where I, I feel like it's actually, like, socially acceptable, you know? Where you're in a tournament match, it, there's a lot on the line, and you know this player is a big deal. Uh, the, the win means a lot to you. You pop off because you win. But you're, you're playing a random friendly. Maybe you felt a lot of pressure playing that person because they're really good. And then you beat them and you're, yes, yes. And it's like, bro, that was just a friendly though. Like if he did something really hype and then pops off, I like you caught me in some really sick ass like setup that, that you probably were practicing forever in training mode. You finally do it. So to you, it's a big deal. And I'll be like, I, 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 like you, I get it. What you did was fire. And I'm gonna have to respect that you got me. But if you if you literally just played a regular match and then you won and you pop off, I'm gonna be like, "Hi, right, man! Like that's crazy." You know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Round one pool is popping off like that. Come on, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> like calm down. So but yeah, man. I just yeah, as I said, man, it's, they're here to stay. They're they're not going anywhere. Neither is the Smash community. Neither is the Buzz. And I neither is anybody else who just loves to pop off like that. So again. Guys, we're going to be at main stage this weekend. Make sure you go ahead and watch that tournament. It's going to be uh, it's BTS's first major uh, at, at, out in SoCal. So we'll be out there chilling in sunny SoCal as well with the boys. Uh, so enjoy that. Probably check most of our in Instagram stories and things like that. We usually keep up with the, uh, each other like that. Uh, this has been Hard Reads. Uh, I'm TK Breezes, D1. Thank you, for, thank you for joining the episode this time, D1. Yeah, this was fun, man. I, I, I liked all the chats, and I can't wait to see you guys this weekend. At first, at first, I wasn't going to go to main stage and just, like, chill at home, but um, the homies keep telling me to come out and see you guys. So I was like, you know what? You guys don't live in SoCal. Let me not be lazy. So I'm going to mm -hmm. see you guys this weekend. Literally in your backyard. Yeah, this is, this is a weekly thing, if you guys are asking. We do this every 
uh, every week on Wednesday at the same time, assuming that there's no like crazy emergencies, no one's in the hospital, no one's stuck anywhere, or internet doesn't cut or anything like that. We will do this show almost every time. Um, you know, we'll probably try to have more guests on uh, in the future. The D one's actually our first guest, so clap it up for D one. You know what I'm saying? A quick thank you, you man. Know, quick clap it up for D one. There we go. Give him a little um, clapper. And also, if you guys have not, if you did not see most of the episode, then you can definitely check out all of the episode on iTunes on the uh, and check out our, our Apple podcast. It's actually super important to check out the Apple podcast because the more hits we get on that, the more stuff that we can provide to you guys uh, as a podcast service, as well as, uh, you know, certain giveaways and things like that that we can do in the future. So if you have not already um, checked out the Apple iTunes store or the iTunes store for uh, prediction. Make sure you check out prediction that you can get into all of these podcasts. And we're not the only one too. There, if you like, um, if you like TFT, if you like uh, Dota, and, and more. We have way more podcasts as well uh, that go on weekly throughout this channel. So hit a follow here. Uh, this video, the one that you're watching right now, will go up on my YouTube. And then if you want to just listen to it in podcast form, check it out on uh, Apple as prediction just linked in the uh, in the chat. So thank you, thank you, DC, for showing up right at the end of the show. We love you. We'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.